What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Chris Casby, Scrubland Podcast. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know what that was. There. That was good. That uh, was, that I'm, was here a <laughs> I'm here with Mr. Daniel Sale and Christopher Burroughs. Mm-hmm. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hi. I'm looking at this picture of Kai Bude. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy at the moment. I'm sorry. His hands are not on top of the table. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Kai Bude are sharing a moment, all right? He just... The German juggernaut. You, you thought he was a freaking Asian guy. Kai Kai sounds like an Asian name to me. It kind of does. If, I mean, I've never seen a picture of I mean, If you know nothing about tournament magic from before, I guess... When time I started viral. back again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I guess suppose. His time was in between your times... I guess. It was. I stopped yeah. in like 98 and then came back in like 2006. He's the five-time player of the year and a Hall of Famer. You should probably know who he is. Yeah. Just saying. Why did he stop being player of the year? Because he, he stopped playing. He moved on. He's like, this game's too easy. So I just, why would I need to know who he is if he doesn't play? You're right. <laughs> he does play now. He just top eight. He just came back. Grand Prix Paris. So did, well, Finkel comes back every once in a while. He won... Uh, what Those guys it? just Was need to go back to their online, yeah. online poker rooms and just chill. <laughs> no, they go back just to their... Stop su- wasting their time with magic. They go back to their supermodel wives and bang the shit out of them. Uh, agree. There's no way that dude has a supermodel wife. Uh, disagree. Disagree. Show me a picture of his wife. After the, After show. the show. Is she actually a supermodel? Me and Kai Bude are having a moment right now. <laughs> All right. Does his supermodel wife know about that? It's... No. <laughs> it's, a, it's it's our own thing. <laughs> it's guy time. <laughs> I just uh, I really want to go out to a bar with you, dude. Like, just, like, come on, come on. I heard the German juggernaut can kick back some fucking Jägermeister, <laughs> and I just I love Jägermeister, and I just want to hang out with you, man. All right, be my friend. <laughs> Kazi. Please, Kaiboon. No, we want to start the podcast, but he's ripping on Kaiboon. <laughs> Kaiboon, be my friend. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. We're going to be ripping on some pros today. Don't you worry about that. Oh, yeah, we will. Uh, Steve Satan. <laughs> talk about Steve that Satan. Guy. We're going to rip on some Steve Satan. Tell us what else we're talking about today, Kesby. Uh, uh, oh, D-Sale wanted to talk about it, I guess. I don't know. We have uh, Screech winning the Grand Prix. That's pretty sweet. Oh, we yeah. got Casby's uh, weird F&M draft. We got all this Pro Tour coverage that we love. Oh, yeah. We're also going to talk about upcoming metagame with the Opens coming to D.C., uh, at the end of the month. Big event for Scrubland Podcast. Pretty excited about that. We're all going to be there. For once, I got the time off. Booyah. We're going to do You're it. You're not going to get fired this not time? Not going to get fired this time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, I skipped for states. That was sick. You didn't even win states. Oh, don't What's talk wrong? to What's me What's wrong about with it? you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to smash this glass. I all smash right. it. So, uh, let's, ju- let's jump right in. What okay. You- so, Pro Tour Paris. Yeah. Who won? Ben Stark. Okay, I didn't know that. No, D-Sale didn't know the answer. I didn't actually know. I, I just got, like, in the spotlights on that. And I'm like, ah, uh, he's so, a guy. He, okay, ben Stark so, won with what archetype? Blue, blue white, white control. control. What's up? I'm a genius. Casby loves Not really. Kibler's a genius. Mm. Kibler is a genius, but he didn't even make the deck. Are these really the counterspells they play? Four spell pierce, three mana leak, a stoic rebuttal, and a deprive? Absolutely. Spell pierce is nuts. Spellpierce is, is like it's amazing right it's now. Apparently, everyone's calling it the, like the new mana. League. Okay, so mm-hmm. so one of the thing, big things that was telling me about this top eight was nobody top eighted with Valakut, which has been the scourge of standard for so long. Well, I think there was so much hate for it. Unsurprising <laughs> because of the hate. Um, it's it's you know how you just said there's four main deck spell pierces. Yeah, is that it's you to fight Valakut because right? of Valakut. <laughs> I mean, so and did, it's also good against the other Jays. It's literally just to hit Zenith though. Because you have to, you pretty much always zen it. You well, okay. I, I've never. I it's I, everything. You don't want them to, like, harrow. You don't want them to like. Sometimes they're going to think a harrow is safe because you tapped, you know, two mana and no, you have no, one blue well, open. Okay. Well, not anymore. As but. a valid player, I will never harrow with any mana open. Okay, like if you're playing against me, just bluff me because uh, you got me. <laughs> um, I'm going to be keeping that that extra two mana open if I ever need to. It's harrow. Like I'm dead on board next turn unless I harrow. Not going to do it. No, no, no. Well, obviously, lose. then. <laughs> okay, so talk to me about the Sword of Feast and Famine that, that the blue-white cargo decks are playing now, because apparently Sword of Feast and Famine gives Valakut fits. It apparently just does everything they don't want to see happen. Pretty much. Right? I mean... Uh, it swings past their walls, their cobras, like... What are the abilities on this card? Uh, Pro-black. Uh, a quick creature gets pro- protection from black, protection from green. Whenever a quick creature does combat damage... 
Uh, defending player discards a card, and you control all. Unta- you control all tap. Ugh. You untap all lands. You control. Yeah. There we go. Okay. And, which is really nasty because Valakid is all about doing as many things as it can. And if you can do two huge things in a turn, like playing equip a, a feast of famine attack, and then get to play Still a second, counter thing, magic. second, yeah. yeah. And then also uh, have your dude be big enough so that it's out of pyroclasm range post board. It's just nasty, which is why I feel like Slagstorm needs to be kicked up in the in the board. Like instead of like I mean that might pyro- be why I, I was kind of wondering like why people are playing Slagstorm. I was like, what does that kill? Right, that pyroclasm doesn't. Like, right, I guess it's just an equipped bird. <laughs> Stuff like that. I mean, uh, also, uh, like against vampires, it's it's not exactly super rare to have. Two of those awful lords out at the same time. <laughs> you just need to kill them all. I mean, just die. Also, just to mention, it's kind of pretty utility at killing planeswalkers or keeping them manageable. Uh, so basically, Slagstorm to me, it just looks like they stapled Flamebreak and Fire Spout together. Oh yeah, and uh, Flamebreak wasn't really that good. The only thing this is missing is an Antwine. Fire Spout <laughs> and like Fire Spout was awesome, and Flamebreak was nuts. like okay. So now Slagstorm just seems okay. Like it's a sideboard re- card. Is it really too powerful for this card to be an instant? Yeah, I believe it is. Like, really, there's a lot of turns where I don't know if even if Pyroclasm was an instant in this format, it'd be too powerful. Like, it's really like any kind of wrath effect can't be instant. It just can't. That's why consume the meat costs five. Yeah, because that like that's the 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 threshold for like and, instant speed wrath, and it only hits little baby creatures. Like, <laughs> I guess this is pretty maybe much I consume the meat to like uh, make everyone happy. Maybe maybe I just really want maybe I just really want volcanic fallout back. You remember when we were talking about like why don't people play this card? Volcanic fallout sick. Fallout was the nastiness. Yeah, so like this is your fallout replacement, and it just I don't know. Like, it, would you play this card? Do you think Do you think Slagstorm is good? Oh yeah. Let's go. I'm sure it's in his 75 for Valica. Oh, yeah. It's all over it. It's going to be a little bit more than, than Drew Levin played, that's for sure. Although, now, one thing that, that I was talking about, Drew Levin does really well, is make mana bases. I'm not 100% on this, this new mana base he had for his... I, I think there could have been tweaks. Like, uh, I, think what, I think that it's perfect as long as you are playing all four heroes. Actually, because uh, every time you've got an extra forest, which you find a lot, you're like, oh, I'll just get rid of it with this hero. <laughs> oh, now I've got two mountains. <laughs> uh, I transformed it. <laughs> so let, let me go back to Slagstorm for a second. The deck that Patrick Chapin and Guillaume Matignon played. Uh, to, to Yeah, the, the blue-black-red Tezzeret deck had two Power Clouds and two Slagstorm main deck. Right. And do you feel like that was metagamey? Do you think that's a good... Sp- spot to like move forward i didn't like this tesseret deck they built to begin with i don't think it's very good i think it's going to show up and i don't think it's going to be in force but i think it's going to be around in future metagames and it's because it's a it's like a solid deck that requires a bit of play skill and i think that the numbers need uh, the thing is (coughs) this is one of those decks that can be tweaked very specifically to metagames you can be upping those uh those the slagstorm count you can be upping the uh jace count if you feel like you need to have jace wards you can even fit bellerin in here my question is why don't they why are they in red at all like does black not have as good removal like this deck doesn't even play go for the throat well like why can't you just be blue black with your tesseret deck that's that's the that's the versions them. I've seen so much of. Because do you need to, do you need to get into red and you need to play the you, power class? You don't want a one for one most of the field right now. Look at the look at the aggro decks you have. Don't these decks like why don't Vengevine decks and vampires? They also have access to black suns in it though. It's not a one for one. Uh, that's too intense this. on the mana base. <laughs> not if you're just black blue. Black blue has awesome mana fixing, doesn't it? <clears throat> Yeah, because when you're at three life, because they just smashed you for the first few turns, you play a swamp, I'll play Black Sun Zenith for one. Right. Cool, uh, you're just going to blow up in my face again on your turn. Great. Right. <laughs> Good <I> game. <laughs> okay, against the Koldotha Red deck, Koldotha Red can have, a, can have a draw that's very, very explosive. Lots of them. I mean, the stupid the vampire, quest deck does the it The vampire too. decks... Not th- that it, that exists in force, but it still exists. Well, it's top-aided. 
Let's hope we don't see too much more of it. I mean, <laughs> I, like, I mean, granted, I get, I like this deck a lot better than the white, the white weenie, absolutely. One, but what deck is that? It's the green white, uh, Nico Boney fifth place deck. Mm-hmm. And what's in it? Um, it's uh, we talked about it a little bit before on the cast. It's uh, Matt Elliott's played this at the Star City five K here in Richmond, right? Uh, the Invitational, uh, not the five K. Um, but it's basically just white weenie armor, but it plays with Vengevines and Fauna Shamans. So yeah. it gives you a different game plan than just this awful aggro deck, Absolutely. which White Winnie Armor is. This looks like it didn't get any updates from the new set, just at, really. just at all. It has th- nothing. This one? Like a, a one <laughs> one Leonin Relic Order in the board is is its big big update. So I think yeah. he just threw that in there. He was like, "Oh, someone's playing a Tezzeret deck." Well, that was that was the exact reason why uh, Brad Nelson had the divine offerings in his board was because I forget who who said it, but he was Killer. like, yeah, they were like, he's like, I don't really like these, and he's like, look, an artifact set just came out where an artifact block just play them. Somebody's gonna do something retarded, and you're gonna want them. <laughs> and every time they played a Stone Forge Mystic for a stupid sword, I'm sure he was like, yeah, I got these divine offerings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um. What else did well at the, at, in Paris? I want to um, go, go back to this Tezzeret deck. Oh, I want to go okay. back to this blue-black-red Tezzeret deck that, that Matt and Yon and Chapin, they obviously pretty, did what, pretty we well with it. What, are we going to fix it? It's awful. Well, I don't think it's very good, personally. I think it's a good framework. I think it definitely needs tweaks. I think the numbers are really off. I think having access to blue and just playing two Stoic Rebuttals as your counter package seems awful. A long, uh, you know, <laughs> a long time ago, we talked about decks that you just wanted to put in your pocket. This is one of those. This deck is all mana. It's all mana in like two Planeswalkers, and you have Treasure Mage yeah. for a Slaver or a Worm Coil Isn't he running That's a, your big package. Is it, 20, is it 30 sources? Is it's, that what it is? It's something ridiculous. I don't have it right in front of me. It's 22 land and like a whole bunch. Like I'm sure you it's, get up to like 28, 30. Four Chalice, four Sphere of the Suns. Yeah, just so a, it's just a absolutely four three. It's three spheres. Yeah, it's three spheres. It's a whole bunch. It's a whole bunch. And playing a deck that's half mana is not that bad. Well, it's it's really good if everybody's (laughs) it's really good if everybody's control, but not everybody's control right now. There's a lot of aggressive. There's at least three viable aggro decks right now. Okay, Uh, you also have seven cards. No, sorry, uh, plus preordain eleven cards that. Are all digging and filtering and I mean I guess that's why they played the four they played four essentially wrath two slag storm two power clasm yeah in their main deck because they, they needed wrathing them and filtering and wrathing and filtering and they got more on the set, board they're just setting up beautiful draws for them they're beautiful hands for themselves like everything they this entire deck is just sculpting a a, a bunch of good turns in a row yeah this is basically yeah just them brainstorming with various planeswalkers. To just advance their board state to a point where it's just awkward for whatever deck they're playing. Exactly. And that's why this deck is a skill-intensive deck. And the thing is, the only thing that I have that's a problem with the deck is you can't Tezzeret plus one into something you need when you're getting aggroed out. Yeah. Unless it's a Tumble Magnet. That's really my biggest problem is... You, and Tumble Magnet doesn't really even help all that. You mean much. there's no artifact boards? If only. <laughs> Wait, there is. It's Scourglass, but that rotated. No, they made. They just made Creeping Corrosion. It's all good. Totally. It's all good. Like yeah. let's just splash green instead. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. No, I meant there's no day effect that is on an artifact. Not something that kills. Oh, artifacts. that is an artifact that's also a day effect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was just yeah. gonna kill all the artifacts. My bad. My bad. I mean, the closest thing we have is Ratchet <laughs> Bomb, which is in his seventy. I don't know. Greedy, yeah. greedy much? But play play, play name, Ratchet right? Bomb. Play no. Ratchet Bomb. That's good enough. I do. I love Ratchet Bomb. Yeah. Ratchet Bomb's nuts. Jeez. It's one Ratchet Bomb in his board, though. It's not even like Ratchet Bomb is everywhere. It is, and for good reason. It's like because it's there's good. it's like, because there's three viable token decks or, well, or aggressive. Decks. Aside from that, like there's, I mean, it just, I mean, I've been playing in blue white control for a while ever since O Ring cycled out, right? And it was basically in there because I can't be a mimic bat. <laughs> like, yeah, so and some like, people just randomly bring that. Trend. Yeah, um, and like it's just the the cards that are everywhere now. What is it? Stoneforge Mystic, Squadron Hawk, the the sword, both swords. Mm-hmm. Both the Mythic Swords from Scar's block and fucking Ratchet Bomb. Like, yeah. Those are the cards. Like, if you're playing anyone, like, they're going to be playing one of those, I think. Right. Unless it's Valakut, right? And then you're just going to get... I mean, Valakut's <laughs> just so much faster than those swords most of the time, though. But that's... Well, that's... Uh, I was watching the, the video deck tech on 
the mother mothership. Yes. And uh, who was it they were talking to? Uh, was it Martel? It was. It was one of the guys playing Kago with the the, the package. Mm-hmm. And apparently, that's like the nuts against Valakut because it just gives them an aggressive draw that they can race with. Right. And and also, the, I mean, the discard is the biggest yeah. effect there. You don't really. I mean, it's nice that, like I was saying earlier in the cast, like. It's cool that Valakut's trying to dump their hand and doing whatever they're doing, right? Uh, and that you get to match them with counter spells. But in addition, it also forces them to have less things to do. Even so, right. even after the first hit that you take, it's just nasty. So if we want to beat Valakut. We should be just really just be making Liliana specters and mind rots all day. Uh, well, you also have to be holding <laughs> counter magic, so it's just the the sword of Feast of Famine. Oh, okay. It's just the sword. Okay. But that sword is friggin' nasty, man. Like, uh, what I really want to do is uh, find out, like, okay, when in the player of the year uh, game with Brad Nelson versus Matignon, there was a turn where I'm not sure if everyone caught this, but uh, he swung with the sword of body in mind. On the on the hawk, made a wolf, and then equipped the sword to the wolf because it made it a four ass. Right. Should Valakid just be playing bolts because a lot of the stuff you're going to be equipping these swords to is one on the ass end to start with. Now Drew Levin's deck doesn't play bolts, right. and neither did uh, Brandon Nelson's. But Brandon Nelson, I'm pretty sure, couldn't find two extra sun, green sun zenith because he was playing a split between two zenith two summoning trap, and I wasn't very impressed. Well, I mean, that's I mean, like, like we talked about last time. It's just that's that's a point of contention with a lot of people whether or not summoning trap is better than green sun zenith. Right. So, but it's not really contention if you know what the cards do. I mean, if you're going into Are, if you're going into a meta game where you know everyone's playing mana leaks, it doesn't seem awful to be playing four main board. What side do you like come down on? What, uh, given 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 time to process the pro tour, given time to get like take all this information in, read a whole bunch of articles. Are you still on board with Green Sun Zenith, or Zenith do you want to go back to Summoning Trap? Zenith in the mains, bo- Summoning Trap in the board. You've got such a good game one against most aggro decks, or sorry, most control decks, that it doesn't matter what, if your Zenith is that great. The number of spell pierces, the number of like counter magic in people's main decks, is doesn't scare you off with, with Zenith? Just irrelevant. I mean, isn't that the reason you play Summoning Trap, is to, to bone them for playing counter magic? That's what you have them in the board for. So you're saying you'd rather bluff the fact that you might have summoning traps and hope that you just get value? No, I think like, you just no, rather like nobody have do- it. Yeah, like nobody does that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, nobody, nobody, like, as the control player, if you're just, like, making an overgrown battlement, I'm not going to, like, try to play around your summoning trap. If you have it, you have it. Do you think, is that what you find happens a lot? Or do people try to play around the fact that you might have a summoning trap? In game one, no one's going to play around your summoning trap. So that is the only value you're going to find with people having summoning trap main. I have no idea. Brandon Nelson was just next leveling the entire tournament by having those summoning traps main. And I think it's going to be irrelevant in the upcoming tournaments because... People are going to assume that you have one or the other, and they're just not going to play around it. Well, it's the same. I'd rather be able to play around what they want to do from against me. It's the same concept as as Christian Calcano had with his blue black blue black vampires deck, vampires in quotations, because P-Y. they had they had. They had unified will as their two mana counter spell. They didn't play mana leak, right? And he said, "Well, sometimes people will." play around mana leak like they need it and like they don't realize that you don't even have it right and then unified well, they assume that you and, have it if you're playing an aggressive deck and you have blue right and then so he then he also made the made the point of unified will is the best counterspell in the format so Which is, i mean uh you can say yes or no on that it, i mean it's, it's obviously <laughs> the best one in the format it's a hard counter, it's a hard counter it's a hard counter for, counter for, one for two at, for one in a blue yeah, yeah i mean it's the most efficient costed counter spell <laughs> that's for sure yeah except the cost involves something that isn't on the mana cost symbols yep <laughs> so yep uh well it's the reason you can only play one deprive I mean, like, agreed. You know, you people, you really want to play more than that, but people and people try. People remember when people were trying to play um, the Halimar Depths Deprive combo, yeah. and you're like, yeah, this is gonna be really sweet. And then you played it for like five games, and you it's were like, like really slow. you're like, wow, I can't get my mana to work. I like. Deprive. I never have six mana on turn six. You ever. don't have all four though. You definitely don't have more than two. Well, yeah, I've only got two. Yeah, but I mean, it's like. 
It's not that bad when you're, you're playing acceleration. Like I, I played like Everflowing Chalices and stuff, so it yeah. kind of offsets that kind of drawback. You've been you've been building on the same deck for like six months. Like six months I just ago, play goofy shit. It's not. It's the, the the deck I'm playing now is like awful. Oh, okay, it's got like Spine of Ishsaw in it. Uh, well, <laughs> and a Steel Hellkite. And it's just fun. Like I mean, like if I want to spike it out, and you know, if I go to a real, which event, you I'll should play, like. Well, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna spike you. We should make a segment. I'm still playing Frost Titans. Over the next three months or so the next three weeks, we should just be spiking it's out your two decks. weeks before the five. Two 5K. weeks. Oh man. Um, no, if I go to the five k, I'm probably just gonna play Boros or Kago. I mean, I might make some tweaks, you know, with you know what I think are just play Kago. Janky card choices. It's you. Man. I was talking to D Sale about playing uh, Explorer Scope. What? It, it <laughs> seemed like it. I basically, he was like, hey, Explorer Scope would be really sick tech. They're playing Lifestaff already. And I was like, yeah, but Lifestaff has a specific purpose. He's like, no, no, you just play it in the board for the control matches because outlanding them is really, really good. I said, yeah, that's true. However, it is. Requires testing. Yeah. And. Uh, and that's not that's not just the nice way of saying no. I think it's something that is actually like it requires requires testing. testing. It, it might actually be a thing. But do you? The, I mean, the really big point there is: Do you want to spend the mana on it? Is it worth spending mana? the mana on one and one to equip? Is it worse because in the early I mean, turns in the in the first three? Okay, you're gonna be okay. First, you're gonna make a dude. Then you're gonna make an explorer scope and equip it. In that time, you're gonna be. Not having counter mana, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, I've got this chase." I guess, I guess in that scenario, if you're playing a land every turn, you've still got spell pierce up. So, I mean, uh, my my whole thought on it was explore scope with Jace is nuts. With Jace, I uh, mean, you're essentially nasty. you're essentially I'm playing, playing like, Oracle it's basically Maldaya, right? Oracle in blue white control. It's pretty cool, actually. So, um, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's awful jank that obviously needs to be tested, which I probably won't have time for. So I'll probably just end up playing it and have. The five K B my testing ground. <laughs> exactly. Um, I will say. I will say the the really sick tech about Unified Well. The you, you're saying like it's got an additional cost that's not on the card. I, I broke it already. Uh, Ink Moth Nexus just got printed. You can just you can just tap the Ink Moth Nexus to activate itself. Just like in the old days when we mutivolted people. Yep. Yeah. So you, you can pay three mana for a situational counter spell. Instead of just paying three for a cancel. Right, exactly. Yep. Seems, seems nuts. Yo, it's, <laughs> just saying. The difference is two of any color and a blue. Oh, it's true. Uh, it's true. Look, uh. I just really want to play Spellstutter Sprite. Really, really bad. And they gave me access to something that is almost like Spellstutter Sprite. <laughs> Maybe. Ink Moth Nexus Plus. It's actually just two cards. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. I'll do it's it. It's not awful. I'll do it. <laughs> that reminds me of like when I was a kid, Like I didn't understand dual lands. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I could just play with a forest and a mountain. That's got to be better than a taiga. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I, I traded mean, them to my friend. I'm like, here. What if they have play with these? What like, if they have flash fires? What if they have flash fires? That destroys see. all my planes. Yeah, and you're like, nope, I'm playing forest. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> like, good luck with those green green redlands. I know. Um, uh, is is standard in a good spot right now? I love standard. I right think now. standard's in actually a really good spot. It's it's rare that a set that th this small shakes up a format this much. Oh yeah, well, I think they they've been doing a really good job of putting good cards in ever since they cut this, the the car, the the set sizes. And on top of that, I mean, like I don't know, like people have been like hating on standard for so long now. It's just like there's so okay. many cool interactions in standard. Like like the just it like you you know like I'm just sitting there playing it like you know some random draft or FNM or sealed or whatever. I'm just like, oh, this might be constructed playable. Like, I like Precursor Golem. That's like nine power and five yeah. mana. That's nuts. Like He's been trying to sell us on a Precursor Golem for weeks. <laughs> All right. So my take on it is uh, ever since they in introduced Mythic, it's been kind of like standard's been really stale, but they're trying to like – they've used this entire time to reshape everything so that it's going to – it took a little while to get the, the, gr the gears grinding. But now they're actually able to have Mythics that are really good. And then they also introduced a rare cycle that was good for tournament play, and that is what shook it up so much. Like, we're so used to being so slow since everything's so mythic, and we're like, oh, we've only got, like, four of these cards that really change a format. Now we've got th three giant cards that we actually care about, the sword, thrun, and the uh, the zenith cycle. It's just, okay, it's, well, that's huge. Two out of the three of those are mythics, so... Uh, well, the Zenith cycle. <laughs> the Zenith, the said, Zenith right? cycle is pretty That's good. Five However, cards. which of the which of the Zeniths are really constructed playable? Just the green All and the black. Them. Just the green and the black one. Green, right? black, and white. 
You think the white blue. ones? You think the white ones constructed them? Oh, absolutely. The blue ones definitely not it's constructible. Speed, it's put like a million um, power on exactly. the board. Exactly. All right, back, back up, back up. Deck eventually. You think the white? Mark one, my words. The white. What does the white ones cost? Triple white X. White, white, white X, and you get X cat tokens. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Maybe in future standard. I, I think said the, it's going to be. The format has. To, I mean, the format has to rotate before that gets good. I don't know. It might happen, but it's, it's only definitely going to be good. Instant speed. Yeah, it's exactly why. Yeah, like, that could easily be a finisher. The white and, and like blue some ones kind are, of X white control. The blue one's already seeing play. The green one is absolutely seeing play, and the black one. I don't know how much of play it's actually seen, but the black one will definitely see play. It will, and the white I want to say is is kind of on par. I think the white one is the kind of card that you only play two of, though. It's just Decree of Justice. Okay. I think red one's the worst the, one. Obviously, it's the worst one. We weren't even talking about it. <laughs> like, Beacon of Destruction is cute. Next card. Um, yeah. The Decree of Justice, when it was a when it was a real card, right. it was just the same thing. Like it, the, Basically, Decree just had two modes on it. This one just has one. That's, Are you ready for this? Yeah. Are yeah, please. Please, lay it on me. Context. <laughs> okay, the context is this is how you build decks with Decree of Justice in them. No, the context you only play is, two of it. Could, yeah, this is a completely different format, completely different set of cards. Okay. It's a value card. Decree of- card, like any card that has some ridiculous cost on it that gives you more than one card, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is going to see play in some kind of weird control deck. You're tr- you're trying to sell me on the fact that uh this card is awesome. I'm telling you that Decree of Justice was really really good and I don't think this card is really really good even though it's the exact same card as Decree. What's the, that to decree come out in? Uh, the uh, same one as Phage. So scourge set with like a scourge, bunch of bombs scourge, yeah, something like I, that. I don't know. Like decree, decree was really, really good. good. This card is not. This card is the exact same thing, but decree isn't good enough anymore. Okay, it well, might it might be good if the format shifts itself up all, a whole bunch. I'm saying that card is really good, and I feel like it will find a place. Okay, even if you're okay, you okay. It's not good. You can't at, argue with him. He says Jay sucks. No, no let's let's do it. <laughs> let's put it this way. Let let's do it in in a logical sense. Sure. Can't play, can't play it at three. Playing at four sucks. Playing at five is acceptable, not great. Playing it at six is actually pretty great. Also the same as a Titan. It's six power for six mana. You exactly. can play Titans at instant speed. How about that? Okay. It's a flash Titan with no upside. Congratulations. Right. It's, uh, it's, upside it's also at, three creatures. Okay, it's upside as flash. Keep, go, keep going. Playing at, it at seven is friggin' amazing. You're making four tutus at instant speed that can swing back for a third of people's lives. Okay, playing it at anything higher than that is just nasty. You're wiping boards and you're swinging for an incredible amount of, of, of dudes. I Yes, I understand where you're coming from. Right now in this format, I don't think it has a place. I think there's just better cards to play. There's better win conditions. Okay. I don't like. Is this, I wasn't saying. Okay. Like, no, is no, this, no, no, no. is I, this my win condition? I'd rather just play Gideon. Oh, it's absolutely winning win condition. But at no point did I say that right now is okay. The time for this. Card. Fair enough. So so wait and see on White Sun Zenith. Red it Zenith is, unplayable. Right. Green Zenith blowing up formats apparently. Yes. Even though we didn't see a single one in the top eight of this. It this is Pro so Tour. good. I don't know if you've ever played with that card, but I played with it today, and I was in love. You were in love? I was in love. Okay. What What's the typical play with Green Sun Zenith? Maybe I just don't understand. Uh, today, I Green Sun Zenith with a Lotus Cobra for like five dudes, and then played in Cracked to Fetchland, which activated a, uh, a Colony Heart Expedition, which made an Avenger of Zendikar with... Uh, like a f- a bunch of it was like five four power dudes. That was pretty cool. Okay, cool. I don't know. It just lets you play ramp spells or bombs. Like every zenith you have is like, do I need a ramp spell or a bomb right now? And whatever it is, it just is that. Maybe I'm just really sad that Black Sun Zenith is not the best one. Black Sun Zenith is really good. It seems like the best one to me. It just seems really really good. You remember uh. when they made Damnation? And people were like, OMG's Damnation. This card is Damnation again, right? <laughs> damnation. I, mean, I think Damnation kills good. Titans. Like, I, I mean, I guess if you want to pay eight mana for your Damnation, it'll kill his Titan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm a control deck. Like, we can do it. We can make it happen. Just playing a there. number of Black Suns, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Shuffles back in, right? That's not. Yeah, so exactly. You're an idiot. Stop talking. Oh, man. <laughs> 
What's the other Zenith we didn't talk about? Brainstorm Zenith? <laughs> Brainstorm or, I'm sorry. Uh, Brainstorm. Brain, Brain Geyser Zenith. Sorry. Brain Geyser. There we go. Brain Geyser Zenith. One. Is that a good one? That's uh, acceptable. I don't think it's I more mean, Conley put it in his deck. He put it yeah. in the deck. He put it in the deck. He didn't play. Well, hey, it's only because he hasn't tested. He said he would have if he had time to where's test. Where's Conley's deck? Talk Con- about that deck. Conley, we gotta we gotta call you out, buddy. I gotta hear. Conley Woods placed uh, 268th at the Pro Tour. Um, he wrote an article on TCGPlayer.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, it's actually a really interesting article where he's like, I had this sick Dormant Gomazoa deck, <laughs> which, if you don't know, it's one blue-blue for a 5-5 five, five flyer, comes into play tapped, tap. doesn't untap on your upkeep. <laughs> and then, What? Doesn't untap to your untap. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And then whenever you become <laughs> the target of a spell, you can untap it. Right. So he had some sick cards like forked bolt arc trail and mark of mutiny to get it untapped and, and then bring it with and this. then bring it and then he could also use fling to kill you with it um long and short of the story it wasn't very good <laughs> long uh, and short of the story apparently targeting yourself with fork bolt is not the nuts no. <laughs> i mean i'd take a point of damage to deal you five that's that sounds <laughs> that like a, okay that's a, that sounds like a red spell it's better like, than a char for four mana it's yeah. like uh, it is, it's four mana too it's one blue blue red two cards i mean it's, yeah there's a big difference two there cards. anyway conley played this uh sweet red green deck that uses overwhelming stampede that's pretty and cool. That's kind of cool. Like, overwhelming Stampede Leatherback Bale is just red green aggro. Right. And he doesn't go into detail about it. I guess he's going to write a better tournament report for somebody else for, for a different website. Maybe. Or maybe he'll just, what, what he'll just he write it off oh, and, entirely. Uh, two, 268th, he, got, he made day two and got uh, two pro points. So. What? You know. I mean, I, mean, I like a Garrick Wildspeaker. I, I think. It's a fun deck. I, it doesn't seem very good. I wish I had time to brew before DC, which I don't think I will. But I, I kind of just want to play like a, a wild speaker and an Eldrazi monument. Like, yeah, like I don't know, those just seem like really good things to do. I mean, like, you just want to play mono green Eldrazi again? No. Well, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving. Do we have a where, where's the worst deck of the week? Steve Saden. Oh boy. Oh jeez. Poor Steve Saden. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, I guess we'll we'll give him props for being like a limited guru. Okay. Yeah. So uh, no, we have to we have to hype, that's it. We have to hype Steve Saden before we rip him down. Now, okay. Steve Saden has been writing for the mothership, doing this really great article for what's it called limited con. What's it called? Limited something. Uh, heck, if I know, doesn't uh, matter. It doesn't matter. It's it's a really good uh, article or series. Like I read it, I actually read it, and I, like some of the things he says is just mm, not incredibly like eureka but it's like oh these are insightful tips onto the format and just basic player skill kind of things right and like it's not awful but then uh, and then like he actually always does draft pretty decent decks like any but then i mean like when he although his this week was pretty funny he, he started out and he was like yeah so my first five picks of the pro tour were one of each color. <laughs> yep. Sometimes you just take the best card. That's sweet. <laughs> and that's exactly what he said, too. He's, he was like, well, I, I picked this blue card, and then I picked this red card, and it was better. And then I picked this black card, and it was even better than that. And then I saw a Divine Offering with nothing in any of the three colors, and I was like, all right. And then I saw a Tangle Mantis, and I was like, you know. <laughs> wow. So Tangle Mantis is nuts. This coming from the guy who tried to break Ardent Recruit. <laughs> yeah, see now. Uh, so basically the, the the theory with Ardent Recruit is that it's a 1 mana 1/1 one, one that can become a 3/3. Three, three. So basically it's just supposed to be wild in the coddle. What does this deck do? Like what what was the object of this deck? Well, he said uh, it was not good. All right. Uh well, he didn't say it wasn't good. Okay, he said right. that he didn't have enough time to test it and he had enough faith in the person who designed it that he was just going to run it the way it was. Run over the list for me here. Um, well, it looks a lot like the Argenum Armor deck, except it doesn't play with Argenum Armor and Quest. So yeah. you've got the eight zero drops in Memnite and Ornithopter. Um, you've got the Signal Pest. Uh, in the two-drop slot, you've got Frexian Revoker at two, four Steel Overseers. Um, it's playing with Glenhawks and Arden Recruits, as we said. Uh, another awkward card choice that I'm sure got a lot of weird looks when he played at turn one. Vector Asp? Vector Asp. That's a thing. Because it's a 1-1-for-1 one, one one artifact creature. Um, <clears throat> and you can be like, Mox Opal, uh, Temper Steel, turn two. Yeah. Take a 3-3. Three, three. I mean, I can see like him coming up with some like ridiculous draws. Like Apparently it has fairly consistent like turn four wins. Uh, I don't um, know about that. I really, I would never play test this deck, so I'll never be able to tell you. <laughs> well, it's just like uh, you shit out your hand. You can go like zero drop, zero drop, 
Arden recruit right next turn play a land play a two drop as an artifact you're swinging with like some ridiculous number of you know like you know hang on we yeah, missed we, we missed we missed two cards here they, he's got one chimeric mass which is pretty good in the style style of deck he's yeah. got four glenhawk idols which are pretty cool because no, they're no, 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 not the idols yeah he does have glenhawk yeah idols he definitely well. does oh my god he does yeah. uh it's part of the worst deck of the week sir oh um, you're right. sorry i mean the, the mox opals obviously kind of set up for some pretty explosive draws and I, i'm assuming Chimeric Mass is just like a 2-2 two, two for 2 or a 1-1 one, one for 1. Glinthawk can go a long way towards... towards like, basically, you're never going to pay to activate it. Sometimes you can, but, not, you know, not really. Right. Um, you said this is pretty much just the old Argentum Armor deck with Quest. This deck doesn't have that package in it. No, he said it doesn't have the package in yeah, it. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no... Like, it... Well, right, right, right. It's got so, no blowout. There's, so, no, there's exactly. no, like, end game. Like, every time you hear someone talking about White Wee and Argento Armor, you're like, oh, it's just an awful aggro deck unless you get the package. Yeah. So if you take the package away from that deck, what it's do you have? just an, an awful, awful aggro deck. deck. <laughs> I mean, it's got Phyrexian Revoker as, I mean, like, its this, hate card. This Tempered Steel, I, I, like, I, like, this deck just doesn't do anything unless you hit a Tempered Steel. What place was Steve Satan? 97th. Oh, wow. Yep. Like, I am assuming that he drafted really well, seeing as he <laughs> writes that article about drafting. Yeah. I mean... He drafted five different um, colors in his finish. So, he's got, so is this just the best draft deck ever? It's got Glenhawk um, Glen Idol. <laughs> I can only imagine the look on people's faces when he went, turn one Seachrome Coast, play out a Vector Asp and an Ornithopter. Right. And they're and just like, are like, what the what? shit? And then for all of game one, he doesn't play a single blue spell. Blue spell. Because <laughs> he's got three islands and a Glacial Fortress in the board, so he can play his three Unified Will. Thank you, Christian Calzano. You broke the four. No way. Does he really have three island and a Fortress in his sideboard? Absolutely. Yeah. He was like, I Is don't that need a real thing? These, I don't need all 15 cards. I just need 11 cards and four lands. Yep. So he's got 18 land and three Opal in the main deck. So like, how do you... Oh, so, so is he boarding out contested war zones or, or uh, Seachrome Coast? He, he did. He said that was something that was something he didn't like. Was when you were playing another aggro deck, contested war zone was just awful. Awful. Yeah. Because they're obviously like, hey, a better aggro deck. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I mean, hang on. I don't want. I don't want to shit on Satan too much because this is obviously an innovative deck, and right. I don't think it's. And he obviously played it pretty well. It's not awful, awful, but I mean, I think it obviously needs some work. Um... He put up an article on Star City Games with his revisions, and his revisions was to splash Add white black and, and black, black so that you could play Tezzeret. Black and blue. Which seems Splash black awful. and blue. Wow. Yikes. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I guess Mox Opal. How many artifacts? Wait, was he con- was he confused? Was he confused about Legacy when you can play Tezzeret and Legacy <laughs> in Affinity to just instantly kill your opponent and deal them like 18 on turn 4 or turn uh, 3? Yeah, but in that uh, format, you that, can play I mean, five different moxes. Yeah, because I mean, no, 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 that's, this is legacy, but you know, same oh, way. Bad, sorry. Oh, gosh, if I could just vintage Tezzeret kill you, <laughs> Tezzeret turn one, me. like <laughs> four moxes, Tezzeret, plus it, find my other mox, play that one too, <laughs> turn two, drain you for whatever. For uh, a billion. Ten. A billion. It's five times two is ten. It's a billion. Train you for ten. It's train not even you, good. Train you for half your life because right. you're not even that Sorry, good. guys. That's the extent of our vintage coverage for the week. <laughs> uh, time to take a break? Yeah, we're going to... We'll, we'll take a break. Um, I mean, I think that's our discussion for Paris. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sure. <laughs> we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, standard metagame and how ridiculous white is right now. Yeah. Sure. Um, we'll talk a little bit about limited archetypes and then we'll figure it out you gotta know for the open yeah dc be back <laughs> to the Scrubland Podcast. Here we are, once again, bleep-free. Bleep-free. We want to bleep talk about. Free. We want to talk about some of the feedback we got. Um, yeah, uh, we always, you know... We, we, get like, lo- we, we like to yeah. touch on topics that our Facebook followers want to hear about. Which is why you should get on our Facebook. It's true. We're, uh, if you look up Scrubland Podcast on, on Facebook, Facebook, you'll find us. That's yeah, the name of our podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> we usually have something that you can reply to where we're just like, hey, what do you want to hear? And 
you know, the funniest stuff usually wins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this week we're going to talk about Time Spiral Draft. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. Thank you, Charles League. Uh, Again. However, now you have to draft Time Spiral in reverse. So it's Future Sight, Planner we Chaos. Did this again. No, no, oh, crap. no. Charles League. League. All right. What's that? What else we got? Um, we are going to talk about how Squadron Hawks and Stoneforge Mystics are in every deck. <laughs> Dude, Stoneforge exploding in price. Yeah, uh, like upwards just, of like 20 bucks, you know? Like, just, just like sold out places and everywhere. I don't know, craziness. Yeah. Uh, also, like, did you really. Maybe he's just been a really good card all along. Nobody's noticed, but Squadron Hawk is is good. It's that good. He's really, really good. And like, maybe it just took us enough time to figure out how to play a Squadron Hawk. Like, it, it's just exactly. It's it's just something to equip. Uh, now it's stuff something to equip stuff to. Before it was just something that was just like you just could play infinite dudes that one that more than one for one to them because. Well, like here's the deal. Like basically the 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 thing with aggressive decks with playing like with equipments was you either always drew some of your equipments and not enough creatures or you know all your creatures and none of your equipments so you know like you, you play with equipments obviously to make your bad creatures better right um <clears throat> squadron hawk and you know hand in hand with stoneforge mystic is just nuts because it fixes both of those problems exactly um then stoneforge mystic is in in himself a dude that right. and and even with being two on the ass end is amazing because like i was saying earlier slag storm's gonna be so good now you just equip it to the storm format stoneforge mystic and you're like oh well this is pretty sweet yeah it comes with a built-in a built-in package of here here's how to use it too you can swing this equipment that you just found yeah, yeah. Exactly. uh man I, I really like Squadron Hawk. Oh yeah, the the guy just seems really really good. Like the what fact is, that you can the, the fact that even in casual decks you can I, I grind the casual room sometimes on Moto guys. Oh yeah, Shh, it's a secret. Quiet. You grind but it. What does that mean? It means I play it for like an hour while I'm wasted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's low risk, low reward because you know you don't get anything out of it other than it protects you from losing all your bankroll in <laughs> real events. So, but you, you have to like ride the, ride, ride the like razor's edge of when people will just concede to you. So you have to like make decks that are like pretty crappy. And I found that squadron Hawk is like the least offensive of the best cards in the format where yeah. you just like, you play squadron Hawk and you just, there's like, uh, that didn't seem like such a big deal when actually it's just the nuts. They don't realize they're losing <laughs> right. to it, and then they're dead. Like weird, that hawk just did twelve damage. They're like, yeah. they're like, man, I just kept using my doom blades on your squadron hawks, and it took like forever. Yeah, yeah they're like, yeah, he's like, I just got four for one because all I have is doom blades to kill that thing. Yeah. And you're like, yep, and the last one killed you because. I don't ran know. Out of doom blades. He ran out of doom blades. <laughs> it just got in there for a million. How awkward is a doom blade when it's hooked up with a? Feast of Vanity. Yeah, like, yeah. sorry, buddy. Um, so you got man. 10 seconds to do this. Feast of Time's up. Thinking about that, that's probably why Go Over the Throat wasn't in that Desert deck. How about that? Feast of Famine. Oh. How about that? How about that? Sorry. I don't think that was it. What else, what else <laughs> we have? Might, for, have, might have been the thing. <clears throat> what else um, we have for feedback? Um, well, I mean, uh, some people just kind of wanted to know what our, our take on the new uh, standard was post-Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, apparently, we're just gonna have to be able to deal with Squadron Hawks and Stoneforge Mystics. <laughs> Incorrect. Like, I just want to talk about like the meta game coming up. Valakut comes back. Valakut does. Valakut absolutely comes back. Valakut the... never left. It, it was absent from this top eight, and... right? But it wasn't absent from the tournament. The tournament. It was all over the tournament. Well, it's absent from the top eight because it got hated out. Absolutely. And people, whenever this happens, every time. You build your these people built their deck in a specific way so that they wouldn't lose to a predominant force. Right. And just because one of them didn't top eight, now people go, Well, for the same reason I did. I'm like, really? Four spell pierce? And people are like, Whatever, these spell pierces don't seem good against all the other decks in the top eight. And so they take them out and then they're like, Oh, you're playing Valakut? Uh, whoops, I just whoops. died. Um, yeah. Spell pierce is nuts against all the other decks in the top eight. <laughs> well, it's it's all right. No. You bring the spell pierce is so good. Main deck because it beats Valakut and Jay's decks. But you understand the thought process. I mean, yeah, this was just a bad example. <laughs> yeah, it was a really bad example. <laughs> but uh, where do you think standard is, Chris? 
I don't know. Uh, Standard's going to return to more aggressive decks now that there were some control decks that were actually up in the top eight. Like, uh, a lot of people right now are looking at Vampires, Boros, and Cadolta Red, especially for the Open series, because you're going to be looking at a lot of people who can't bring those super expensive decks to tournaments. They're cheap to build. They're not. Exactly. They're all cheap to build. And we're not talking like... Pro Tour players that are because okay, this is something that I've that we can just touch on very very briefly, but uh, decks are going to be different between your F and M, your PTQs, your Open Series, and your Pro Tours, and they're going to be different between all four. And anything you see doing really well well at a Pro Tour doesn't translate down, and anything you see it doing well at a Pro uh, at a F and M level doesn't translate up. There might be a little leeway in between, but. At the very extremes, you're not going to see it translate down at all. Well, it comes down to the person playing it. I mean, like, the decks... The the metagame only stretches so far, and usually all the decks show up to a tournament. Usually. I mean, they're all there, but you have to think about the, the amount. Like, this tournament saw, I think, 30% of the decks that were day two'd were Valakut, and Valakut did not make this top eight. Yeah. So... Because the people that were prepared to play against Valica ended up crushing it on exactly. day two. And the same thing at a Grand Prix where on day one you see all kinds of craziness happen. And then on day two it brews, down its, it brews itself down back into the, the metagame you expected, which was Naya, Sovereigns, right. uh, Wargate, and Fairies. Now, can we, can we or can we not say that an open series is kind of like the day one of the Grand Prix? The so I, I was listening to the In Contention podcast, which I I really enjoyed. That the the most recent one that you guys put out was really nice. Um, and they said essentially the Star City Open events just have a much more casual feel, where they're like, ah, oh, you know, the the people aren't so intense. There's not so much on the line, and that's not really the truth. There is a lot on the line, but mm-hmm. for some reason, people have a disconnect in their head about an open event right. and a Wizards Run event. Where the the open event has just as much money going on, and they're it, it's a serious tournament that people are there to win, mm-hmm. and so at a casual event, people are more willing to basically it brings out a lot more of the casual crowd in the surrounding area. That's why they move the cities all the time because you got to have your casual players come and you know yeah and and run, and run their stuff, and they're more willing to bring their their whatever deck because they live there. Yeah, yeah. that's why five hundred people show up and not like one hundred and fifty. Right, right. You know? Yes, like when you do these extended tournaments. You get like the diehard spikes coming out because they're the the diehard spikes, right? And there's 150 people tops, right? And then you know when you bust out to a more accessible format, especially when you actually make standard is not more accessible. More, sta- standard is not more a more accessible format uh, in general, but right now there's a lot of cheap decks. Yep, and well, it, that, it'll bring it'll bring tournament attendance up. Yeah, yeah I mean, like what he was saying was like just the casual kids come out. Casual kids, you know, if they do play with Jace's, it's not because Jace is the best card in the format. They play with it because oh, it's this cool Planeswalker that I ripped. I'll say this: the, know, like, the last couple PTQs I've been to have been low attendance. Mm-hmm. They've been they've been six rounders. Yeah. I went I went I've been the last three I've been to were two six rounders and a seven rounder. That's low. That yeah. is tremendously low, and it might be because extended is still just not particularly popular. But it's also because people are more interested in playing events where they could actually win something if you second place or if you top eight a ptq it still means nothing right it's like, <laughs> like you, sweet, you don't pack. yeah like check you, out all these pins i got yeah like you don't <laughs> win anything you have to win the event and so for for a casual person they're just not that interested in in winning the event they just want to come and play a whole lot and so i i'm not surprised that the ptq attendance has been down however the people that did go to the ptq that room was stacked with really good players oh yeah and obviously, you get some stragglers, and it's not a hundred percent grinders. Right. But I'll say that when I went to North Carolina, three hours south, and then I went back up to Maryland, uh, two hours north, there were at least forty of the same people. Right. That played in both of those events. Right. So, I, th- there are grinders, and they're going the, all over the place. Like the the PTQ is where you're going to find the most dedicated people that are going to try to play the best decks. Mm-hmm. And the Star City events, you know, you see, or the it's open not events. Be the same thing at all. It's going to be a good mix. There's going to be those people playing there because they're good players and they see the value in winning a few grand for Absolutely. a day's worth of, you know, just goofing off and playing cards with their friends. 
And then there's also the kids who are just like, fuck it, I'm just going to go goof off and play cards with my friends. You know, it's $25, but it's like, I feel like <clears throat> a lot of people, that's like a testing ground. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people who are playing with their random FM decks at some, you know, bullshit stop shop like they want to know how it'll do. Yeah, they're like, okay, well, I'm doing all right in my FMs with this. Yeah. Like, let me go take it to a real event with real players and see how it does, you know? Like I was saying, it, it there you might can, be some leeway in between. It might it, it might translate up a little bit, but you're not going to see these people that are uh taking their brews to FMs and crushing uh that are always going to be really good in uh an open series or in a grand prix. It's true. At all. So, um, yeah, I mean, basically in closing, the way that's going to affect the meta, it's, it's hard to say. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I mean, like, it, I think it really has to do with your area. Like, I mean, we can discuss, like, the meta insofar as, like, archetypes in general, but I don't think that's a fair assessment of a meta game. Well, speaking on D.C. and speaking on the Virginia, Maryland, North Carolina area, Speaking, people are going to be coming to DC, to DC in for on on mass uh, in force. They're going to be the people with cheap decks. You can see a lot of aggro in the room. You, you like I've I cannot go to a tournament right now, uh, or in the past couple of years in this area where there not has been where there has not been a lot of aggro. And there's going to be a lot of that, and there's going to be. Uh, the upper echelon of the room is going to be people playing control decks that know how to play against aggro or tuned against aggro. And this is kind of the reason why I'm playing Valakit is because I feel like I have a, the knowledge that I'm going to be playing against aggro. I'm going to be boarding and potentially main decking against aggro. And I'm also going to be playing a deck that beats, that makes it to top eight. When, when it, if it makes it to top eight, actually has a game. Would you consider Valakit a combo deck? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So essentially what you're doing is, I mean, whether you're doing it intentionally or not, is the metagame broke itself down into control versus aggro, and you just want to slice through with combo. Mm-hmm. Because combo is just good. Combo with an aggro package, an anti-aggro package, is strong. It just, combo's always been very strong. And uh, with, like as hard as Wizards tries to take combo out of formats, it'll always creep back in. It really does. I mean, I don't know if they intended Valakut to be the combo, but I've, as, I've, as far I've, as it placing in the metagame, that's where it's at. I can't you imagine that they didn't <laughs> think They that made that was, Primeval Titan. Yeah, they wanted it to be the combo. And they made all these relevant X lands in play in Zendikar. Magic I don't is, think that was a coincidence. Uh, Wizards has been cutting combo out of tournament scene f- uh, in the newer formats for a long time, so... It would make sense that if they like, they understand that they're still playing to their combo crowd. So let's make it a combo deck that involves aggro and control aspects. Like you've got creatures and you've got lands, and creatures that make lands do stuff. Like you're not playing infinite spells, so you're just jacking off on your own sixty cards. Yeah. Like Dredge was always just playing with yourself. Because I, I used to make the joke all the time. I played Dredge a lot. And uh, I was like, yeah, Dredge is a lot like masturbation. You, you play with yourself, and sometimes you go off. <laughs> and, wow. <laughs> nice. I mean, like, Mind's Desire was the same way, though, where it's just like, I'm going to sit around and have minimal interaction, and then I'm going to try to try to kill you. Yeah. Dragonstorm the same way. You're like, oh. I mean, sometimes my opponent does stuff, but most of the time I just Giga Drowse all their lands, and then they die. Yeah. And whoops. Whoops. This, that's not fun. I mean... That's not what magic should be, according to Wizards. So <laughs> they're trying to pander to their crowd while still making it like an aggro versus control metagame. It's worked. That's and it works they, really well. That's why they took away all our three-cost land destruction spells. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, like, well, we can take away their one-drop acceleration, or we can take away their three-drop land destruction and that's what they did yeah. I, I really want to play roiling terrain again <laughs> can it. we can we just can we just can do it? it you can do it can just we just do, do it? it like if they, if they let me play blood raid off then i'll do it last time oh, we yeah. went last time we went to dc we had that sweet roiling terrain deck casby yeah, exactly let's let's just, not if they let me again. play with blood raid off let's I just let's just run it back yeah i chose that <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> oh hey uh guys i'm giving up the beer of the week this week at least chris burrows 
Tell me about what we're drinking. I'm going to talk to you guys about Eventinus, which is a pretty sweet beer. It is Germany's original wheat Doppelbach. Original. Original. It's Germany's only original wheat Doppelbach. This might be the this thing is, first German beer we've had on the cast. We're not really sure. Yeah, the last one was Belgian. So. Yeah, whoops. Whoops. Um, so this guy's got, like... Uh, some kind of he looks German like the Quaker Oats guy. Yeah, the Quaker. I was gonna say German philosopher, but Quaker Oats guy, sure. Uh, G. <laughs> Snyder and Son. Um, it's eight point two alcohol. Did you say D. It's, Snyder and Son. G. G. Snyder. Yeah. Why? D. Snyder. He was in that band. Twisted Sister. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, okay. Not that guy. <laughs> this is G. Snyder. Yeah. Oh, okay. This one doesn't have a, a sweet um, bio on the back of it, but it's pretty cool. Like, it's a really spicy beer, and it comes in a really tall bottle. Um, we actually had to split it this week, which is why I even get this chance to uh, beer cast. It's got a People sexy, are going to be like, it's not that tall. Wussies. It's got a sexy purple label. Let me see this bottle. It's, it's really nice. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's pretty spicy, and it's got a, a fairly fruity flavor to it, but it's still... What are you talking about? The description's right here. The world's classic top-fermenting wheat Doppelbach has received accolades for the perfect balance of fruity spiciness and notes of chocolate. Wow, I missed it. I mean, if you, apparently, <laughs> like, you didn't read any of that, and apparently you still nailed it right on the head. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So, so. Uh, What kind of rating do you give this beer? All right, how many German philosophers out of ten? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it uh, seven German philosophers out of ten. Why did it miss ten? Um, it's not uh, as char- it, like it's, it's not as good as PBR. Oh, I know. <laughs> now, like it's a it's a nice spicy beer. It's not my favorite. Like it's if it was gonna be chocolatey, then I should be able to tell, and uh, I couldn't tell. Like it's a sweet beer. And it's just not the kind of thing that I... I don't think I could drink more than one or two of these just because it's too sweet. I made Chris do this beer review because I didn't like this beer. Yep. That's, that's the long like half of it. Glass and gave it to Chris. I couldn't do Here. it. But I, could, I couldn't have my own half to start well, with. Well, I know. That's so. what I'm saying. Like... Chris gave it seven. Yeah. I'll give it seven German philosophers. Sure. <laughs> sure. Oh, All wait right. a minute. We didn't talk about... Uh, what else uh, you got? I guess we don't... Do we not want to? What? Yeah. Hit it up. What do you got? <clears throat> Draft archetypes? And, like, what we think... Oh, boo. Let's do that. Change? Oh, god damn it. Is this just a, a can of worms that we should save for another cast? Yes. Another okay. cast. All right. Okay, that's fine. We're promising it for a future cast. <laughs> oh, my god. We get some hate mail. It's like, you can't say that and then just stop. <laughs> We're yes, going we to. Sorry. Yes, we can. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, uh... Just to let you guys know, if you have anything you want to talk to us about, you want to see on the cast, you have any questions or comments, uh, post them up on, on any site that we're on. But also, feel free to send us uh, some Gmail. We got scrublandpodcast at gmail.com. And also, friend us on Facebook, Scrubland Podcast on Facebook. Uh, and also, we always put up a uh, what do you want to see on the cast on Facebook and just chi- uh, just chime in. Also, the thing that uh, people may or may not realize is that we are posting all the deck lists that we talk about on the cast in the show notes of the... I, p- I post a show notes document to our Facebook page. Right. Uh, Every week. You'll Anything that you sub- hear us talk about or that we've been looking at here, you can see on the Facebook. Uh, hopefully these Kai Boon pictures and the Screech pictures. Oh, those uh, are, we those have will get David up there. Sh- Smarfman? Schwarfman? Sharfman? Sharfman. David Sharfman is Screech. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, buddy. You look yeah. like Screech and you won the Pro Tour. Or you <laughs> we, won the were looking, we were looking at coverage and I was like, holy shit, Screech won? Yep. And, uh, yeah. That was him. Screech won the Grand Prix. What a so, guy. Uh, David Sharfman, if you're listening to us, feel free to send us hate mail at scrublandpodcast.com. <laughs> at um, if you're friends with David Sharfman or Screech, feel free to email us. <laughs> please, Screech, don't email us. Oh, should we talk about, like, that god awful string of hate mail we got? Oh, uh, no. No? Okay. Man. Uh, like, okay. Love us or hate us, we are Scrubland. <laughs> the internet has trolls on it, and that's no, okay. Not, they weren't even trolling us. They mm. were just telling us how bad that cast was, and it's probably our worst cast ever, and I'm not afraid to admit it. No, that cast was awful, and no. I'm so glad that Channel Fireball picked that one to be our first right. one <laughs> to be like featured. Our, our worst podcast ever never made it on the air. That's the infamous <laughs> episode seven. Oh, that's, yeah. that's episode 17. It never... Episode 17, <laughs> like, it, it, like, the numbers kept going up, because I just... I don't know. Yeah. That'll, that that's going to get into... There's a bunch of stuff from 
from episode 17 that'll make it into the secret cast. Uh, if you guys don't know, I'm still working on the secret cast. I haven't forgotten about it. There's just so much. There's a lo- <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that gets cut out of the cast that just is not suitable for your ears. I'm sorry. It's true. And Ch- Fireball, please don't pick that I'll one fi- up. I'll sometimes figure we out get a way. Drunk and sometimes we're just angry and we're angry at each other. God. People. When Kenzie and Sale go at it, that needs to get cut. <laughs> sometimes I can't cut it all out. Sometimes the emotion <laughs> rings true. So I mean, I can't. Help it, sales a prick. No, I can't help it. Casby's retarded. Oh, it's funny because it's both true. <gasps> oh. No, Chris Burroughs, I hate you too. All right, boys, that's gonna do it for the Scrubland podcast. You guys have a good night. Don't miss us too much. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> I love you, Chris Casby. I know. What does this say? Besieged impact? Yeah, we can't. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. That's an episode we do when we don't have.